Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Ten bell salute for the great Neil Adams, man. Uh, we, we lost a legend in comics uh, very recently. These comics were high on my uh, episode list and they now supersede everything. Uh, so expect some Neil Adams uh, conversation over the next couple of weeks for sure. And we are not gonna uh, for, forget forget the man's name by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think I have maybe half dozen uh, of these Batman comics in different forms and fashions, man. I believe uh, this story, this, this epic story, uh, very well-known story, the Joker's five-way revenge yeah, for those playing at home, uh, this issue is reprinted in the greatest Joker stories ever told. Uh, before before we get into the meat and potatoes of this comic, I want to invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell icon so that we can notify you when new vids are available. And uh, what that does helps mitigate the kayfabe effect. For instance, perhaps this greatest Joker stories ever told, maybe it's out of print. I don't know. Uh, but the people who see this comic don't have it and want it are going to uh, have first dibs when they see this video show up in the morning. Uh, the comic might be a bit more expensive as uh, the day goes by, and it might be uh, completely off the internet before the day is out. I also want to invite you guys to uh, watch these videos to the end because that helps push our YouTube videos out to uh, other comic book loving YouTube people who have not seen Cartoonist Kayfabe material. Helps us grow our numbers uh, in a big way. We're a little bit over 60,000 subscribers as of this uh, recording session, but we are only 10% of the way to the 600,000 that we've been uh, aiming for uh, from the very beginning. And uh, what if we uh, just crack open the comic that, that made Joker a maniac rather than a fucking joke, joke villain? Yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we'll talk about Neil Adams as we go along. But of course, Batman, probably the character he's most associated with. And I, you know, thought a lot about him over the last week and how, like, we don't really probably have Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns without Neil Adams' Batman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just don't have so much without this guy's mentorship, without uh, the sort of noise that he made within the industry himself. Uh, one of the first guys to use his, his born Christian name. Uh, in both Marvel and DC, sometimes in, in tandem at the same time, when uh, other freelancers were, were using nom de plumes and whatnot, uh, brought a lot to the game, and, and he left a lot of uh, valuable information uh, to future generations. One of the things that he uh, mentioned, I believe it might have been in a conversation with Kevin Smith, of all people, on uh, one of his podcasts. It was like a three-hour conversation between the two that, that, I, that I recommend everybody check out. He's talking about the different kinds of covers, the way he sees cover design, and he, in his mind, he there, there are two kinds of covers. You go for you got iconic and you got storytelling covers. This is like one of those great iconic covers that perhaps has a little bit of storytelling. Uh, I was going to say it. there's there's a little bit of both on display on this cover, and that is one of the things that he said in the conversation. If you could get both in there, you know, for instance, think about the uh, think about the. Uh, Superman cover breaking the change. It's like an homage to like a Siegel Schuster cover. That's iconic. Not much storytelling, whatever. You got this one. You got this sucker. That becomes iconic. I was going to say, this is another one, a good example of iconic and storytelling. There's yes. a lot going on on that cover. For sure, man. Uh, so uh, before this moment in time, the Joker, the clown prince of crime, is a goofball character. From page one, lighting that Rick Dish Joker face like that revolutionary yeah no doubt about it it's the joker i i think most of us think of 
um, again, just like it's the Batman most of us think of. Like, these are the iconic versions of these characters. Yeah, there's a transition period that does happen with this with this Joker, kind of like uh, the Frank Miller Kingpin, where, you know, it starts off the, the Romita guy and then and then uh, evolves more into the, the, the Miller-type character that we know. I wonder if Neil has a hand in coloring. I do, because too. Because I feel like these, this color is pretty interesting and not what I think of as comics. You know, we think I think of him with Batman as being dark, right? We're getting away from the 60s kind of poppy Batman and back into the shadows. And you really see it with some of these like maroons and dark blues and purples and even the dark greens. Like it feels different than what I think of as a comic book in the early seventies. These kind of pieces here, you can't take for granted either where you have like legitimate night scenes and stuff. Like usually the color in these early comics, it it was colored like a coloring book. And (laughs) even at nighttime, uh, Batman is going to have Caucasian flesh pinks and stuff. What's happening here? There are uh, former allies of the Joker who are who are uh, waking up dead. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. The best way to support the channel is to pick up some of our comics. So right now, available in comic shops everywhere is Ed Piscor's Red Room. The Antisocial Network collects season one of Red Room, four issues, plus a lot of great bonus material. Trigger Warnings, the second season of Red Room, is in stores everywhere now. First two issues, possibly three by the time you see this video, are out there wherever comics are sold. Banned in 23 countries and 11 comic shops, but they will track these down for you if you ask them, if they don't already have them hidden behind the can- behind the counter in a brown paper bag. Also available from Ed Piscor is WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker, A History of Computer Hacking, X-Men Grand Design, three oversized treasury size editions of the X-Men story, kind of a biography of one of Marvel's best-selling characters, the X-Men, and what started the entire Grand Design tradition, and Hip Hop Family Tree, a non-fiction historical account of hip hop. Available in four oversized volumes and two beautiful boxed sets. My latest comics available in comic shops everywhere. Hulk Grand Design Monster with some beautiful variant covers. Peach Momoko, Ed Piscor, Marcos Martin. And now Hulk Grand Design Madness. Again with some beautiful variant covers by Jeff Darrow, Ed McGinnis, and of course my classic version. Telling 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk written, drawn, colored, lettered by me. Also available, The Plain Janes with Cecil Castellucci. The first young adult graphic novel and available from Image Comics, Street Angel, and several oversized hardcover collections, again, like the treasury size. These are available wherever you buy comics and books. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. This is like a real demented sequence here, man, with this old pugilist who is a yes. helper of, of Joker <laughs> and is is throwing some potatoes uh, bat, <laughs> Batman's way. And he's not minding until, as they continue the conversation, he just skips the kayfabe of the of the heavy bag and just starts throwing shots till he takes a couple on the jaw, and then he gets thanked for it. You know, this is like uh, how old pugilists uh, gain respect. This is shaking hands to old pugilists, <laughs> man. Great visual storytelling in this thing. It makes me wonder if he works plot based uh, with Denny O'Neill in a in a sort of Marvel way because uh, the establishing shots and and then the transitions throughout the rest of these pages. Is, is really sharp stuff. I wonder, is this uh, also the first sort of uh, 
introduction of like poisoning people and having having the big uh, rictus smiley faces i have no idea about that but man it's pretty menacing it wouldn't surprise me if that if that's an innovation here but you're right about the layouts like it's hard to imagine this broken down into like a typed script form yeah yeah and there are some other really really uh, sharp pages and even if it was it's hard to imagine neil adams following a tight uh, script form if he thought he had a better idea i think he does his thing man <laughs> i think he does his thing uh see this joker you know, this is like a Pero Joker, you know, like we, we recognize this Joker, you know what I mean? It makes me feel like the splash page was, was drawn later or something like he got a little bit of Joker under, under his, uh, under his belt and stuff before he did that, uh, that, that initial splash page. With a guy like Neil Adams too, you have to wonder how intentional it is. You know, is he conscious of like sort of making the Joker become more demented through the series? Not an impossible, uh, not an impossibility. <laughs> The guy knew he had an exploding cigar and just thought it was all yucks. <laughs> you got the wild uh, foreshortening. That is something I think about with uh, with Neil Adams, and it's one of those things that was that was a oh, very welcomed and and inspiring uh, visual evolution of like Jack Kirby. Like, what would Jack Kirby foreshortening look like if you had some semi-realistic uh, looking faces to boot or semi-realistic anatomy and lighting? Well, this is what you get. It also makes the art stay exciting, which is my knock on photorealism. A lot of times this things can be stiff and a little bit boring. Like sometimes I, whenever we look at some of the indie comics and 80s black and white books, it's like the stuff that's pretty accurate is the least interesting. Yeah. So add that foreshortening, you know, like any cartoonish elements you can put on top of Neil's more realistic style really makes that art lively. This is one of my favorite storytelling pages with this uh, heavy kind of evading capture. Uh, running away from from uh, from Batman and just like all the different things you're getting a whole lot of angles it's very cinematic makes me think of uh, the sort of NDA work from Neil Adams that we'll probably never get to see from all the storyboards he's done I I forget who it was man maybe it was it was it was a cartoonist named Lee Mars uh, who said that she was at Continuity Studios more than two dozen times and never got to see Neil Adams working on a comic page. It was always storyboards and stuff that he was working on, but very cinematic. And there are elements here that have like a Kubert vibe. And one of the stories that I think we're going to do at one point or another is in this uh, Batman Greatest Stories Ever Told. There is a Neil Adams story back here that has enemy ace where he's doing his damnedest uh, Joe Kubert impersonation, man. But yeah, here's uh, here's Neil Adams doing like an enemy ace Kubert kind of thing. And you could see it in the ink style and everything. That's really interesting. Yeah, I digress. Because I'm sure Neil Adams could draw in any way you can imagine if he wanted to. Archie to, uh, Comics. Draw somebody to mind. Jerry Lewis Comics, Bob Hope Comics. He's done it all. By the way, man, Batman, for all of his like crime fighting, you would think that he would be at least a tiny bit defensive with the people he's working with dude but has no problem uh taking the lead in a little sneak session and giving his back to the bad guy who was trying to cause him trouble earlier anyhow yeah that's a terrible terrible choice on batman's part <laughs> this stuff had to blow people's minds we take it for granted but if you saw what batman looked like before this with that plastic ass cape and not seeing the contour and just drawing a guy laying down man is tough as hell uh, no, he has no shyness about using uh, reference material and implores cartoonists to do so and quit faking 
the stuff that uh, that you're drawing, you know, probably posed a guy. It's an this. amazing page layout too. It's so dynamic that page layout. Uh, it doesn't always. He does some interesting page layouts throughout his career, and I think sometimes it works really well for a story. I think here it's very easy to follow and looks great. Doesn't always work, but looks awesome here. And you mentioned reference. I can't help seeing like that first uh, Batman. You know, like like there's a the panel Bob Kane like joint. This. Yeah, right. Doesn't that feel like that's a throwback? Yeah, totally. In a certain way, right? That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> great storytelling page once again. We got our heavy who's trying to run away from 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 Batman, but he knows Joker is like is like out to get him or whatever so he's trying to you know bail out of town as he's looking for his go bag or whatever you just see that joker standing right there and when we revisit him that is not uh, vulgar you know like that passes the comics code we know what's happening right there yeah good stuff it comes kills and vanishes it's really nice coloring on your joker very understated he's almost a ghost in the background yeah which again makes me think neil adams had some influence on the color absolutely Great layout on this page, man. You know, he's still abiding by grids to a certain extent, but he'll 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 rock the house a little bit. He'll do some things. That still feels a little like the cartoony Joker of old. It does. It does. But then when you get this kind of uh, drapery and things and start introducing that. That's a terrific page layout for, for that whole reason. You know, even just having that figure break several panels and be oversized calls to mind some of that late 80s early 90s like the what would be the image guys you know like put make each page a banger yeah and, and the most important thing is man alpha dog and uh batman so to leave that room to breathe and make you sort of deal with that moment at hand that's good stuff how about that lighting on that face right there dude that's the kind of stuff that i would just be copying you know, and I'm sure lots of other people did as well. Hey, we could start naming names, man. Go down the Continuity Studios 90s <laughs> roster. <laughs> That's a weak ass. Uh, it's a good car, but that ain't uh, the coolest Batmobile I've ever seen. <laughs> How about this, dude? We got a little bit of uh, collage material in uh, the Batman comic. Yeah, that's pretty cool to see trying to think of who all does collages you know like Kirby's famous for them but who else you know like once in a while you'll see it pop up and it's usually done this way like a architectural background detail sometimes you'll see like a cityscape or something but looks good there imagine trying to ink that imagine being the inker on this job right here who do I, we got Dick Giordano there's no credit oh it's, it's just, just him just new Adams yeah so. he's setting the tone there I love how this eye isn't closed right that line's still open there yeah that is that is sick <laughs> and he's giving you angles man that are not easy to draw uh there was a, a statement a piece put out by larry hama that that i shared on i i think the uh, the, the kayfabe uh, social media where he was talking about being young having uh new adam's mentorship and Neil Adams looking over his shoulder and uh, and just uh, saying stuff like, "Oh man, you're you're settling, aren't you?" Larry Hellman's like, "What do you mean, man?" And he's like, and Neil Adams says something like, "You know, you're drawing the same eyes that you know how to draw. You're drawing the same two noses that you know how to draw." And I could see that you're trying to do something that you're not comfortable with, but you're settling. You're settling into drawing the stuff that you want to. But I'm telling you, push these other poses, push these other points of view, push these other expressions, and it's gonna quote unquote suck big moose uh the first <laughs> couple dozen times you do it but the magic happens when when you don't he talks about it's like reps at the gym you know like trying to doing 
this stuff that you're used to is like going to the gym and doing one push-up but trying this other stuff out is like doing 100 push-ups i like that point of view and by the way jimmy why doesn't the joker when he has batman in his clutches just do away with them why you always got to be spectacle with the shit i feel like that's been the question uh, from the get-go with joker right that's the downfall new adams colored this no I doubt, think so right? too. The coloring's really impressive and it's storytelling related. Like, it is. It makes sense to me that it would be the artist that has some idea on color. Let's show the greatest Batman Joker story that ever told uh, color because they're going to improve new Adams, right? <laughs> right. Here they Talk go. about hubris. <laughs> Here they go, improving new Adams. This is a cool thing too, like storytelling wise, because it, it's, it's pure storytelling. Like like, Batman already sees what he has to deal with, but then we have the dialogue, you know, oh, no, he won't drown. Like, this reveal is for us. That's And, and it shows in Batman's body language. He, he's seen it already. Like, this is a reveal that is for us. It's on a page turn, which makes me wonder if Neil had some, some influence even on where the, the, um, the, the ads are laid out. And this, to me, fantastic. Panel. I love it. I love that shark. Great salesmanship. And, and next to the Joker's smile, it's so perfect. <laughs> How about, like... With all that stuff I said about the Larry Hama shit, right? How about this for a storytelling sequence? Arms bound behind his back, tossed in the water. We're seeing him under the water. I love a good splash. Like, when guys can draw this and nail this, which I see more often than not, actually. Dudes really show up when... when I've never seen a bad one of these. Uh, we see him under the water. Let's see what's happening over top. And, dude, pulling his legs through right. the loop of the chains... Good luck drawing that and making it look good. I put this under the choreography yeah. heading in my in my world, but uh, going back to the falling into water, making it look good, there must have been some good reference of this out there. <laughs> like I'm imagining more files that everybody had of like stuff dropping into water. There, it must have existed. Hey, old timers, is it in the Fairburn system? <laughs> we got some photos of that stuff. So that, now he has that chains to use his weapon. This also makes me think of like uh, Fulci's zombie. Oh, totally. You know, like, like <laughs> fighting a shark. What Big gets, old Frankenstein. What's better than that? Inseminating a shark's blowhole. Does a shark have a blowhole? Like, uh, <laughs> I am joking about that. No need for the comment. And but but here's the funny thing that does happen sometimes in, in these comics, and it certainly happened a lot in Batman Odyssey, is. All of a sudden, he just doesn't have the chains anymore. Mm. You know, that's just taken care of. And then it's handled in dialogue. Got the shackles off, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know just like moving your hand fast in water, there's a lot of resistance. Batman is a tough motherfucker, man, to take a big, heavy, non-aerodynamic uh, wheelchair, smash some, some glass that can withstand the water pressure of a big-ass shark tank. It does feel like these pages are constructed for uh, not exactly cliffhangers, but like moments. Like they all end on a moment. It's something that I would see written about in the in the two thousands by mm -hmm. various people. But I mean, this is seventy three. I think is the date on this issue. It's almost I don't know. He just on some instinctual level realizes this is this is what you do. Like cap these pages. Yeah. Every pa every panel a banger, dude. Like you really feel the urgency of that water just shooting out of that tank uh they feel so soggy look at that soggy cape you know actually like using the cape as a storytelling piece and not just like letting it continue to blow in the air and all that that's that's a wise decision you know like he's he's like one of those guys that talks about you know you're not inking lines you're you got you got to think about the moment it's not you're not just 
drawn to have fun like this is storytelling it's really great too like just having this visual variety there like oh they're running through water have your footprints or, or the, the ripples of the of the trail behind them so good it makes it look nice so good the submerged uh, leg very good some more of those uh cubic quality lines one of the most dynamic mm -hmm. you know catapult shots I've, I've i've ever seen and just these characters bounce and so the sense of urgency and do we have a more iconic right image you know i feel like this this is like the image that gets reprinted more often than not it does and an interesting choice for have a little extra negative uh, space on that page like who thinks about that right looks cool letting the yellow be the only kind of warm warm color part of the full moon zine yeah man. also <laughs> <laughs> and he's i like to think that he's using the same zips as the miss mystic costume on, yes. the, on the background right there <laughs> And dude, it's basically the end of the killing joke, man. Got our guy one up and dude. I like how easily Batman just destroys him. Just takes one one in the kisser, dude. One like in the anytime kisser. they have a fight and Joker isn't just destroyed instantly, I feel like that's uh you're you're out of your mind. <laughs> and then they walk off uh, telling jokes. Like uh, that's the end of the killing joke, I'm telling you. Guys, is this Keith Griffin from Mobile? Mobile, Alabama. Could that be Keith Giffen? I don't know where he's from. I don't either. I don't either. But I feel like time-wise, that lines up. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, I went through the Hulk letter pages, and there were definitely misspelled names. Sure. Some, some people I tracked down and asked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know how, how closely they edited these for to, to be consistent. So, yeah, I'm going to call that one Keith Giffen until we hear otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. So there it is, man. The comic that made Joker a bona fide uh, murderer, man. He's got, he's got like four or five notches on the belt, dude. On his body count. And a story done by the great no Adams, Denny, Denny O'Neill tandem. You know, it reads like, like as a reading experience, the words, all that stuff. It's like, it's like, you know, another Batman comic in a way. There's going to be another one next month. We give you a, a full meal. Uh, it has all the little bits that you expect to have in a Batman comic, but you compare the artwork, man, to any of the other uh, Batman comics that came in the years prior and since, uh, and you, and you really see the man's genius. Yeah, and of course the story for Neil Adams of Batman is uh, at first Juli Julius Schwartz not interested, does Brave and the Bold, fans love it. They call it, they call that the real Batman, and why why isn't the real Batman in the Batman comics? <laughs> That's right. So uh, here we are, Neil Adams on Batman. Fantastic, man. Uh, not the last Neil Adams comic that we're going to be uh, looking at one more time, man. Ten bell salute to the great Neil Adams. Rest in peace, sir. Thank you so much for the contribution that you've brought to uh, the beloved medium that we spend all of our time uh, focusing on. Jimmy, if you're good, I'm good. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so we can notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design, Monster and Madness are both in comic shops now, at least while supplies last, if you have a good shop. It's a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk that I am writing, drawing, lettering, coloring, doing everything, my version of the Hulk. Pick it up now and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. 
Red Room Trigger Warnings, Issue 1, 2, and potentially Issue 3 are on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in the Red Room comics. You can order these comics uh, directly from Fantagraphics if you don't have a good comic shop in town uh, at my link tree in the description below. My Patreon is there also so that you could uh, read these comics uh, online. I serialize a new strip every, uh, every Tuesday. The comic is banned in 28 countries. The comic is banned in 10 comic shops, so if you have no other way to get it, go to uh, the link tree in the description below. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFAB newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFAB t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist KFAB channel. Jimmy, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.